Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here this morning. Um, there are some that are returning from vacation. Uh, there's some that are leaving on vacation pretty soon. And there's some that are traveling um, for other reasons, uh, but we're glad to have everyone here. We have some folks who are sick. Uh, let us keep praying for them. And to our visitors, um, we are thankful that you've taken the time out of your busy schedule to come and be with us today. And we hope to get an opportunity to know you a little bit better. I'm excited this morning for us to be able to assemble together to break the bread of life, to learn to be better fishers of men. Matthew tells us in Matthew chapter 4 verse 19 that Jesus spoke with Peter and Andrew, who were fishermen, to come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus went along and found James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and commanded them to come also. And so today we're here to learn how to be better fishers of men. A silent sermon written by Tom Moore. It goes like this. A member of a certain church who previously had been attending services regularly stopped going. After a few weeks, the minister decided to visit him. It was a chilly evening, somewhat like today. The minister found the man at home alone, sitting before a blazing fire. Guessing the reason for the minister's visit, the man welcomed him, led him to a comfortable chair near the fireplace, and waited. The minister made himself at home, but said nothing. In a grave silence, he contemplated the dance of the flames around the burning logs. After some minutes, the minister took the fire tongs, carefully picked up a brightly burning ember, and placed it to one side of the hearth all alone. Then he sat back in his chair, still silent. The host watched all this in quiet contemplation as the one lone ember flame flickered and diminished. There was a momentary glow and then, it was, then its fire was no more. Soon it was cold, soon it was dead. Not a word had been spoken since the initial greeting. The minister glanced at his watch and chose his time wisely to leave. He slowly stood up, picked up the cold, dead ember, placed it back into the middle of the fire. Immediately it began to glow, once more with a light and a warmth of the burning coals around it. As the minister reached the door to leave, his host said with a tear running down his cheek, thank you so much for the fiery sermon. I shall be back to church next Sunday. We live in a world today that tries to say too much or the wrong things. Ask my wife, I've said the wrong things too many times. <laughs> Consistently few listen. Sometimes the best sermons are the ones left unspoken and lived. Sometimes all one needs is a kind gesture. What silent message would God have you share with someone today? 
And so I leave you, actually I start this morning, <laughs> with something entitled devotion. Oswald Chambers once said, if we are devoted to the cause of humanity, we shall soon be crushed and brokenhearted, for we often shall meet more ingratitude from men than we, than we would from a dog. But if our motive is love for God, no ingratitude can hinder us from serving our fellow men. Service is the rent you pay for the space you occupy in the kingdom of God. Romans 12, 1 through 2 teaches us, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. And so I invite you this morning and I encourage you to understand and to study more faithfully the hall of faith that we see and we had read to us in our hearing a few minutes ago from chapter 11. In understanding Abel's faith, chapter 11, Hebrews, verse 4. In understanding Abraham's faith, chapter 11, verse 17, when he was tested by God. In understanding Isaac's faith, in understanding Jacob's faith, chapter 11, verse 21. And in understanding Rahab's faith, the faith of a prostitute, Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 31. To understand Rahab's situation, we must understand the characters and the history and the times around, around her. It is in those times that I wish, I wish to focus our minds and attention today. If you would, please open your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy and the last chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 34. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 34. And the Bible reads, verse 1, Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pishka. Across from Jericho, there the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead to Dan. And verse 4, then the Lord said to him, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. Verse 5, and Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab. And the Lord had said he buried him in Moab in the valley opposite of Bethpur. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Verse 7, Moses was 120 years old when he died. Yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. Verse 8 the Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. And verse 9, now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom. 
because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. It is here for the next few minutes that we see and we want to study from the subject of the conquest of Canaan. The conquest of Canaan. It is here we see the close of Deuteronomy and the close of Moses' life. It is here we see Moses' 120 years of life come to an end in this world. My friends, lesson number one for us, and there are three for today. No matter how great you are, no matter how good you are, no matter what you have done, good or bad, one day either Jesus will return or you will die. You will not be on this earth forever. The New Testament scriptures confirms the fact when Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 through 17. And in Hebrews, and the, he, and the Hebrew writer tells us in Hebrews 9, 26 and 27. And so we see it is not destined for us to remain here on this earth forever. The Bible also teaches us that our lives are but a vapor. It appeareth for but a little while and then vanish away. But I bring you to the end of Deuteronomy to set the stage for what is to come in the next book, the book of Joshua. It is in this book we see the nation of Israel, after 40 years of wandering in the desert, come to the east bank of the Jordan, led by a new leader. Or in fact, was he new? Lesson number two, prepare now for your promised purpose. Prepare now for your promised purpose. You see, Joshua was no new person to the nation of Israel. Joshua had been around the block for some time. He had been commissioned by God to be Moses' successor. You can find that in Numbers 27, 15 through 23. You can find that in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 14. He had been Moses' aide for many, many years. Of the 12 spies, only he and Caleb showed complete confidence in that God was with them. It was Joshua who was allowed to accompany Moses partway up the mountain when he received the law. Joshua had been Moses' constant shadow for many years. Many, many years. And so, as this book opens up, Joshua, we see a brilliant military leader, a strong spiritual influence. We see a submissive leader who listened and was committed to obeying God. We see a prepared person for God's promise, the conquest of Canaan. Joshua's challenge now was to lead millions of people into a strange new land and to conquer it, a new tasking, a job for him as a leader. But God gave him assurance. Look at chapter 1 and verse 5. Turn over with me, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. The Bible teaches us. In verse 5 of Joshua chapter 1, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. 
As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people inherit, to inherit, inherit the land I swore to their, forefa- to their forefathers to give them. Just as God was with Joshua, God is with us every day that we live. We may not know, we may not be conquering nations, but every day presents new challenges. Every day presents tough situations. Every day presents difficult people that we have to deal with and various temptations that we deal with as a people. And God promises that he is with us. So let us prepare to meet our God so that we can fulfill our purpose for which God sent us. And so we come to the spies and Rahab in chapter 2 of Joshua. Look, if you will, and follow with me. Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1 through 4. The Bible says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. Verse 4, But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them. You may catch, you may catch up with them. But she told them, but she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax. Verse 8, before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Verse 10, and have Uh, We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Shechem and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. In verse 12, Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. So we see this woman's faith, which caused her to act by showing kindness to these spies. Rahab knew her position was dangerous. She could have been killed had she been caught harboring Israelites. And God spared her from, and her family because of her faith. Three days went by, and the spies returned to the east side of the Jordan and gave their report to Joshua. 
You can see that in chapter 2, verse 24. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. So Joshua set out to cross the Jordan. Joshua followed God's commands and walked across the Jordan on dry land. Chapter 4, verse 23. And so you might ask, why did God do this? We don't have to speculate why God did this, because the Bible clearly tells us. God chose to part the Jordan. Look at verse 24, the last days, verses, uh, verse 24 of chapter 4. It says, he did this so that all peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. That message also translates to us today. We should see the power of God in our own lives today. We should fear God and we should keep his commandments today. After crossing the Jordan River, you know the story, Jericho falls to Israel in just seven days. Then Israel suffers its first defeat because of one man's disobedience. After the people remove the sin, they strike again, this time with success, chapter 7 and chapter 8. It is in chapter 9 through 12 that you can read of Israel's battles against the kings in the north and the kings in the south. You can read about the huge, enormous armies that Israel defeated. After many years in battle, Israel gained control of the land and it was then divided and allotted to the tribes. Joshua dismisses the army. And now it, it was each tribe's responsibility to clear the enemies from their own land. However, Joshua continues to remind the people to remain faithful to God. And so here lies our final point this morning. And the lesson is yours. Lesson number three. Remind each other to remain faithful to God. You see, Joshua never forgot what God told him as he took command. Go back and look at chapter 1 and verse 5. We talked about, and then look at verses 6 through 9. Turn over if you would. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. The Bible says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you... Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You see, many of us think that prosperity and success comes from power, from personal contacts, and from a relentless, untiring desire to get ahead. But God taught Joshua far a far different criteria. Simply put, God said, be strong and courageous because the tasking of life is not easy. 
He said to obey God's law, number two. And he said, number three, consistently study and read God's word. May we heed these words this day and continue to remind each other of the importance of faithful worship to God, our maker and our creator. You see these words spoken by God to Joshua in the first chapter, I know are written on his heart. Why? Because if you look some 22 chapters later in Joshua, you will see Joshua still preaching those same words to the people. When the eastern tribes are returning home, look at his message to them in chapter 22, verse 5 and 6. When he farewells the elders, the leaders, and the judges, and the other officials, look at chapter 23, verse 2 through 3 and 6 through 11. And you will see it at Shechem in chapter 24, verse 14 through 15. And so, if you would, our last scripture, if you would, turn over to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. Look at verse number 14 and 15. The Bible says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of, uh, gods of your forefathers that your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt. And serve the Lord, verse 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites, in, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so after 110 years on this earth, Joshua, like Moses, passes away. And also, like Moses, Joshua leaves us with a powerful lesson to heed. The questions for us today that we must ask ourselves. Will we heed God's calling? Will we worship God faithfully? And will we serve our purpose and be true fishers of men? And so the lesson is yours today. Whatever your need may be whether it's coming in faith, repentance, confession, and baptism, or whether it's to make a decision to change your life, to go a different direction, whatever your need may be as we together stand and sing.